Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, 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 how's everyone doing today? The day after Valentine's Day. Are y'all having a good night? I hope you're having a good night or day or whatever. whatever. Whenever you're listening to this, right? It is the 15th of February. This is episode 249. We're, we're one away from 250 after this. How crazy is that? Um, it looks like uh, a lot of you might be new here. I am, of course, your host, Nick. Uh, it looks like I'm sure a lot of you have seen my TikToks. Welcome into Nick's Nerd News. Um, if uh, uh, you're not aware, this is a place where I will share my unfiltered opinions on things um, in, in a constructive way. <laughs> yes, it's unfiltered, but it's also not... Um, not in a way that will, you know, I, I don't know how to put that. In, in, like I said, in a constructive way, right? I'm not going to be here to poke people or, or, or piss people off. Or I mean, you could probably get pissed off at some of my my hot takes, but that's why they're hot takes. Um, thank you guys for following in, in other places, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all, all the like. Um, but last week was a... A lot of ranting about the AMC situation. Uh, I'm still not happy about it. Uh, a lot of people still aren't happy about it, as uh, the amount of, of comments I got on on my TikTok video. A, a lot of a lot of people don't like what AMC is doing. Um, obviously, that was last week's show. If you guys want to go back and listen, if you haven't, but that that's just the nature of things. Today, I have a new thing to rant about, and that will be. Um, in a little bit, that will be in the the middle part of the show when we talk about TV because it, it has to it pertains to television, um, so it's it's not a big it's not going to be a, a huge rant, but it will be a rant about something that I think is completely unnecessary. But you know it it's 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 going to be fun today. Uh, I did get Hogwarts Legacy. I, I don't really have. A lot to talk about because every time I did try to sit down and play was interrupted. Um, then, then when I did actually go sit down to play on Sunday night after the Super Bowl, apparently it wasn't finished installing. So that that was fun. Um, and then on Monday night I started playing and literally passed out with a controller in my hand. So unfortunately I don't have a lot to talk about Hogwarts Legacy. I do apologize for that. Um, next week we will get to talk about it and that way I have like a week with it, a full week with it. Um, in, in, you know, with president's day on Monday, I'll, I'll have a, a good chunk of day to be able to play it uninterrupted uh, off of work, things like that for the holiday. So we will talk about, uh, Hogwarts legacy will be a topic for next week's show. So, so please stick around for that and we'll, we'll get to it then. Um, other housekeeping notes, uh, as always, you know, we're on all the major streaming platforms, like, share, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, comment, dislike, whatever you guys want to do, right? That, that's on you. Um, that's how, 
I, you know, interact with an audience, right? If you guys don't like what I say, that's fine. Because you might come back and listen to more things that you don't like that I'm going to say, right? Um, that old adage about Howard Stern, like the average Stern hater listened longer than the average Stern lover. Um, in terms of Howard Stern, at least. But no, without, without uh, spending too much time on housekeeping things, let's get right into the show, shall we? So what, what's going on in the video game world, right? So, we learned a lot more about Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game that's coming from Nintendo. Uh, it will actually be the largest file size of any first-party Switch game that Nintendo has ever put out. And listen to this. It's a whopping 18.2 gigabytes. <laughs> and, like, you're probably like, what the fuck, Nick? That's low. Like, Xbox and PS5 games are, like, 90, 100 gigs at this point. And like, yeah, they are. But Switch games, remember, are mostly played off a cartridge still. So only about 18 gigs is going to install onto your Switch. Which, think about it, it's kind of low, right? That's like, well, it's... No wonder these games don't look as good as they should. With the money Nintendo has, you'd, you'd think that they would, um, you'd think that it, it would, would last, right? Or, or be larger. But alas, it's not. I don't know how much data, of course, will be, though, on the cartridge itself. That's a, that's a different, that's a different number that we don't have, um, and speaking of which, we learned that it would be the first $70 game from Nintendo, uh, as most next-gen, current-gen games, whatever you want to call it, will be $70 starting in 2023. Uh, we've also learned that Nintendo will be doing it on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, I don't know what the fuck kind of logic that is, but so what, your premier titles will be 70 and then everything else will be, you know, $60? I, I, it's like, bro, just, just, just do it, man. Just just pull the trigger, right? All the other publishers and, and developers at this point are are doing it. So I I don't see I don't see why not. It it's at this point it, it's it's you're waiting on nothing. At this point you're waiting on nothing, in my opinion, at least. It, it who knows? But I, I think that them doing it on a case by case basis is is counterintuitive to what what they're trying to do. So I I just it doesn't make any sense to me in what the the I, who knows. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how they they pick what games are what, right? So we'll see. We will see. So do you guys still play The Division 2? Well, an interesting story happened this week. It's very interesting, actually. Like, I say interesting, but when I, I don't always, like, I embellish, right? But, but this is actually an interesting story. So, the developers behind Ubisoft's The Division 2 were updating, um, were updating the game, trying to fix some bug fixes and things like that. So, they were fixing a localization issue, and in fixing that localization issue, this is what they had to say. Quote, 
Dear agents, last week we shared news that the season would be delayed due to lo a localization issue. This past Saturday, in the process of creating the update which would resolve the issue, we encountered an error that brought down the build generation system for the Division 2. As a result, we cannot up the, update the game until this system has been rebuilt, unquote. So, they also followed up with, quote, We are working to resolve this situation as quickly as possible. We have, a, we have made good progress over the last 96 hours and been able to restore critical aspects of the system, and we'll share the timeline for resolution when available. We deeply appreciate your understanding and patience, and we'll share our in-game compensation plan details soon, unquote. So that was on the 9th. So that was Thursday last week. Uh, we haven't heard back from them yet, but essentially they cannot put a new season in. Um, they, they literally can't update the game after updating the game. Like they broke it. I, I think that's, that's, it, 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 it's funny, but it's shitty at the same time. Like, how do you, how do you fix that? I don't know how you fix that. It sucks, but it's like, ooh, geez, um, what, uh, what, what happens, right? So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that, um, and, uh, who knows, we'll, uh, We'll, we'll find out more, and if you're playing the Division, I'm sorry, but hopefully you don't have to wait too long. Uh, we've also learned that, uh, so last year EA essentially ended their partnership with FIFA, or FIFA ended their partnership with EA. I, I don't remember what the exact details were, just that the, the next EA football, soccer, whatever you want to call it game, would not be a FIFA game. Well, they've actually struck a deal with the English Premier League, to be able to retain, um, so essentially it's going to be EA British Premier League or BPL or I don't even know what they're going to call it. Uh, it's apparently a six-year deal worth at least 488 million British pounds sterling. This is being reported by Sky Sports, which is a uh, sports channel in the UK. And clubs were briefed on it and it's expected to bring in at least 80 million pounds annually. EA will retain the rights to some of the most popular teams in the world, including Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. And uh, the EPL is a, it's probably one of the most popular, you know, soccer leagues in the world. Uh, I forget, I forgot that England sometimes calls it soccer as well. But, oh, it's actually one of the most profitable leagues in the world. Uh, it's got a lot of te television deals. Um I don't know what this means, but so FIFA, I guess they, FIFA wanted a billion dollars from EA and that's, that's why it failed. Jesus Christ. Um, so EA Sports FC will not have the World Cup anymore, um, but they, like I said, they, last year we did report that, or we reported on other reporting that they had signed deals with hundreds of teams and athletes uh, and leagues to be able to retain those. But the game um, will still be called EA, I guess, EA Sports English Premier League Soccer? I, I don't know. I, I'm sure we'll know some point later this year as we near release. So Dead Island 2, which is a very real actual game that is really coming out, has uh, announced 
that it has gone gold and it will be releasing a week early <laughs> after years of delays and i mean years of delays and multiple studios and and everything under the sun that could possibly happen it, it is finally coming out and it is finally finally going to be able to be playable and it's coming out a week early no less who would have ever thought that i don't think anyone really uh speaking of dead things dead space the dead space remake was the number one selling game in january no surprise there it it, it uh was highly anticipated and people could not wait to play that franchise again um Roblox is getting two TV show adaptations. Uh, do you play Roblox? Do your kids play Roblox? Uh, I know my nephew, one of my nephews plays Roblox like 24-7 it seems like. But I guess, because Roblox, you can build like games within it. I don't know how it works, right? I just know it's there. I know it makes money. I know it went public. I know kids like it. I know it's better than Fortnite, but beyond that, I don't know. Um, uh, Riot Forge announces a new game in the League of Legends franchise. So Riot Games, of course, and Riot Forge is like their sub-developer. I don't know. Uh, it's a new story-focused game called The Mage Seeker. Uh, no other details were released. Uh, Multiverses has, like just is hemorrhaging players its peak player count now is less than a thousand people because of the content drought plaguing the game currently the game was steadily releasing content only for it to just disappear lately and people are leaving the game right like smash Smash is Smash, so it's gonna it, it's gonna have a con consistent player base, right? Because it's Smash. Uh, Multiverses, newer game. Uh, if you don't have a lot of content, you're not gonna bring a lot of people in. I think the same thing happened with Nick All Star Bat, whatever the hell the Nickelodeon game was called. Um, but yeah, when you were constantly releasing stuff and new characters, people were there. If you don't, people are gonna get tired. They're gonna get stale. Um, which is weird, like I said, because Smash hasn't released anything in a while, but it's Super Smash Brothers. Um, Call of Duty also announced. I like how I refer to Call of Duty like it's it's a thing, a being. Um, <laughs> but the the team behind Call of Duty has announced that with season three, you will be able to get ranked Warzone as a playable option for the first time. So Warzone 2 will be offering ranked Warzone matches. So you can get ranked in Warzone and riggedy riggedy wrecked if you're a noob. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know. but So before we move on to uh, a couple things, Respawn has been talking a lot about Apex Legends lately. They want the game to go for 20 years like Counter-Strike. So, Respawn Entertainment in an interview with IGN, Apex Legends design director Evan Nikolic said, quote, 
Where we want to go is that Apex is going to last for 20 years like Counter-Strike. It has to be able to be self-sufficient and stand on its own. The systems have to be strong and interesting and good for players to play season over season, even if we're not adding new bespoke content. But there'll always be some attending there in terms of creating interesting choice, creating interesting challenge, and shifting the rule set that builds the healthiest game, unquote. Um, he went on to follow saying, quote, so if you look at some of the most established sports in the world, they've been around for 100 plus years. But those first few years, the games are, basketball is my favorite game, it has evolved a lot in just 100 years. And so we're in that early first five years of basketball when there's no shot clock, no three-point line, all that stuff. And we're slowly moving away to what we know in the NBA game today. And that will take time and plenty of time to add new stuff, new content, unquote. So... Here's my thing with this, right? With when it comes to gaming, yes, there there's 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 long lived franchises, right? Mario's been around for almost 30 plus years now. Sonic is hit hit its 30th anniversary. But yes, they kept evolving, but they released new things, right? Shooters, on the other hand, yes, they are around, but they they you lose people after a while. Counter-Strike is the only one that hasn't. But Counter-Strike, people know what they're getting. And there's there's a, a wider variety of, of maps and things like this, right? So when it comes to a Battle Royale-style game, especially like Apex, you know, Warzone, and things like that, you have one map, and they update it, what, every year, every two years now? I think Apex has several maps now. I don't know what the rotation is like. I haven't, I haven't played personally played Apex in in a while, um, but if, if they continue updating it and giving it content, I can totally see it going for 20 years. Will it hit the, the same peak as Counter-Strike? I don't know. You know, gamers are a fickle bunch. Um, they have to be able to keep bringing in new people um, as kids get older, things like this. Uh, uh, you, you need to be able to keep that player base fresh. After 25, a lot of people uh, are not as good as shooters as they used to be because your, your hand-eye coordination motor skills start to uh, go down. I don't want to say decrease. It's not, not, not major, but, but after 25, you don't see a lot of pro gamers over the age of 25 because it, it's not the same. So, so can they sustain it? More, more power to them if they can. Um, but it will be remain to be seen if they actually can. Anyway, a um, couple things going on with the Activision Microsoft deal. One reason we've learned to essentially, I, I, I don't see any reason why not to support it after this story, but allegedly, if the Microsoft bid fails, Bobby Kotick will remain CEO of Activision Blizzard. And this was a... Uh, report from Fox Business um, and unnamed sources. So it, again, it's take it with a grain of salt. But it said, "quote will absolutely remain the gaming giant to run the company." Unquote. Um, yeah, that's like one of the reasons people want this deal to go through because they they haven't officially said, but it was pretty much like almost a guarantee that Bobby Kotick would leave when Microsoft takes over because of the situations that have been going on at Activision um, in terms of, of uh, uh, misconduct. And 
allegations that Kodak knew and did nothing about it. So th- th- there's a lot going into that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and then uh, uh, one thing that did come out with all of this is Microsoft is, you, you know, they're they're trying to be self-deprecating, right? They're trying to get the regulatory bodies on their side. And in a report from gamesindustry.biz, they claim to have told the UK Competition Markets Authority, the CMA, that um, in their document, that it says, quote, a redacted, literally redacted, percent decline in game, base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass, unquote. So this, this has sparked a, a wide, wide range of, of arguments across the web, right? And, and when you say a decrease a year later, right? How, how much of a decrease? Because a year later, most games are not selling. And, I, and I'm not trying to defend Microsoft in this. I, I'm just, I'm trying to be realistic here. How many games are selling very well a year in, right? The only games we usually see do that are sports games, Call of Duty. Um, hell, even it took a couple years for for Rainbow Six Siege to like be a top seller every month for a few years straight. Um, it, it 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 it's not. I I don't see a lot of games having a strong sell through twelve months later, right? Especially after being on Game Pass. Obviously, a lot of people are going to buy the game later if if they played it or tried it on Game Pass, but it's, it's not enough to, to move the needle, as maybe a lot of people thought. Um, obviously, Hi-Fi Rush, which just launched on Game Pass, made it into, like, the top Steam sales, though. So, right, there's for every Hi-Fi Rush, though, there's another game that doesn't. And, and my question is, an, an, another report, people say that it, it's cannibalizing maybe sales of first-party games, right? Do we, do we know if it's cannibalizing sales of Forza, if it's cannibalizing sales of Halo, um, um, of, of other games, right? We, we don't have a whole lot of games that we know have gone straight into Game Pass. Just a few Forzas, Halo Infinite, I think Gears 5 went straight in. So it's like, do we know what the numbers are? Do we know what if it was cannibalized? Do we know how much of a percentage of a drop it was a year in? Is it more than what a normal drop would be for sales of those games? All those things have to be taken into account. And I think going off one line with a, re- a redacted number, no less, we we have to be, um, you have to take a lot of things with a grain of salt, right? And don't don't get me wrong, I, I think that this potentially could blow up in their face because Microsoft's always touting, oh, Game Pass, Game Pass, Game Pass, it helps sales, helps sales, helps sales. And there's studios that have said it's helped their sales. But at the end of the day, though, realistically, is it hurting or helping? And that's going to be a serious question moving forward. Because Sony is trying to paint Game Pass as this big monarchical thing that... that mon- monarchical, why did I say that? Monop- monopolizing thing that, you know, Microsoft's controlling the, the cloud space, right? But in reality, are they? And is, is Microsoft... Microsoft doing this to look better. Excuse me, I burped there. Uh, is Microsoft doing this to look better? Is it legitimate? So th- there's a lot of questions around this, and it really is kind of taking over the the games reporting industry right now. 
I think I've seen like 10 different articles. Oh, Game Pass, blah, blah, blah. It's cannibalizing sales. It's not as good as they reported, blah. It's like, so what, where, where, you always have to find the truth in the sea uh, of non-truths, right? It's a, a needle in the haystack. There's a lot of bias that's going to be going around from every side. There's going to be, it, again, it's a, a self-reporting by Microsoft in a report that they gave the CMA, a regulatory body. They they do have to be truthful in those, right? Because obviously if it comes out that they weren't, it kind of hurts their 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 argument and they can get sued. So it, it it's... I would love to know what the actual number is because everyone is speculating off a redacted number. I would actually, and, and I'm being legitimate here in, in saying that I want to know the number because if it is hurting game sales, then it's not doing what it was intended to do, right? And it, it kind of flies in Sony's face, but it also makes Microsoft look majorly disingenuous after touting it for years saying it will help and increase, right? And it's like, okay, do studios really want to put their game on Game Pass then. So it, it, maybe it helps up front. I, again, this is basing it off a percentage drop a year in. And I'm wondering, is it higher for indie games? Lower? Uh, is it is it a, a higher? I mean, is it is it a, a, a bigger drop for indie games? Does it hurt them more? Or is it a bigger drop and hurt, you know, AAA and AA games more? It, be very interesting and I, I i doubt we'll ever get to learn these real numbers or the real truths um because all that stuff doesn't always get released to the public but maybe one day we will um but that is it for gaming today let's move on and see what's going on in the realm of television okay so tv news shall we um, how about this? Sony and Amazon are partnering to make a live action Spider-Man noir series, noir, noir, noir series. Um, it will be produced by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, you know, the team behind the animated Spider-Man movies, um, into the Spider-Verse and such. Uh, it will be separate, a separate story, won't be connected to the main Peter Parker, uh, I doubt Nick, Nicolas Cage will be involved, but w what is Sony doing? They are they are doing their damnedest to maintain whatever semblance of control they have over the Spider-Man IP. They do not want to lose it at all. They will do everything they can, including making a television show no one answer, asked for. Amazon's going hard, though, into these period dramas. Uh, and, and big budget television shows. Yes, they have the money, but is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? Um, can't wait. Uh, granted, with Phil Lord and Chris Miller behind it, though, I, I can't wait to see how it goes. Um, Netflix has announced that Arrested Development will be leaving Netflix on March 14th, including the new the two Netflix produced seasons. Those were some of the first things. To bear a, the Netflix original tag, like the the those were some of the first things they produced as their own content. Were those those two extra seasons of Arrested Development? Uh, all of those will be leaving Netflix on March fourteenth. So if you want to watch Arrested Development, you have a month left. 
Uh, HBO Max has announced that Velma is getting a season two, despite a lot of the online vitriol. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Brandon Routh, Brandon Ruth, however you want to pronounce his name, has joined the Quantum Leap reboot over on NBC. Um, Ted Lasso season three will drop in March, uh, we've learned. Uh, Poker Face has been renewed over at Peacock. That is the show starring Natasha Lyonne. Uh, created by um, Ryan Johnson. It's like a whodunit series. Uh, Squid Game Season 2 uh, will be bigger, take longer pr to produce and, and finish, uh, but is expected to start filming this year um, which with a potential 2024 release, it looks like. Um, but Squid Game Season 2 is still coming, isn't on the way. Um Pedro Pascal, who is all over the place right now, as we all know, uh, currently starring in The Last of Us on HBO, and will be starring in Season 3 of The Mandalorian come March 1st, was, was being interviewed by um, Empire Magazine, and they asked him about, you know, starring as The Mandalorian, and he said, quote, it's like putting on a head-to-toe glove with weights on it. It's ironic that you can't see any facial expressions because it puts you in the world so completely and instantly makes the character f feel real, but you can't see shit, unquote. Um, he also went on to say, quote, they've continued to finesse and make it more comfortable, but it's like going blind. Your breath completely fogs up the narrow slit that you can see through. There's no peripheral vision. It's, if there's a hole, I'm going to fall into it, uh, unquote. Which which is funny, right? Because you you always think that the a Mandalorian can see out of this thing, and it, it but it is a T visor, right? And it, and it's not something that it's not something that you you think would would give a lot of vision and and uh, uh, ability to see out of. So so it it kind of explains maybe why you know clone, but that doesn't explain clone troopers being such a good shot. Granted, no clone troopers ever been in live action until the was it the Obi Wan show or no the first live action clone troopers yeah no it was Obi Wan and then it was um, I think we had live action clone troopers yeah in the first season of of uh, of Andor so I, I wonder how how easy it is to see out of those T visors right but we we only had one two other Mandalorians. To, to go off of. We had Boba Fett, uh, played by Jeremy Bullock in the original trilogy. And then, of course, we had um, Boba Fett, not Boba Fett, Jango Fett, played by Tamara Morrison in uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the prequels. And I'm wondering how Tamara saw out of Boba's helmet, though, in The Mandalorian and then The Book of Boba Fett. So that, that's a good question. And then how do these other actors see out of their T visors on their Mando in their Mando helmets in the Mandalorian? I'd love I'd love to hear from other people because I, I want to see if it's if it actually is like shit to see out of those. And I I don't know a whole lot of Mandalorian Mandalorian Mercs, which is the um like the 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 group that dresses up for conventions and stuff. They're like the 501st, but but they do as dress as Mandos. Um so I, I wonder. I wonder if it is hard to see out of that T visor, and just no one wants to wants to admit it. Um, 
and what's uh, what's going on? So the main thing this is we're getting to the main story I wanted to talk about, um, but I, I just want to talk about the Bad Batch real quick. After last week's two amazing episodes, this week was kind of a snooze fest. Um, some turmoil with 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 Omega, and I think Hondo Onaka showed up. So if if that was him, that would save this episode after last week's great ones. But if it's not, who I'm not gonna be the happiest of campers. Um, but you're all here to listen to this rant that I'm going on because if you saw my TikTok today, you know what I'm talking about. And I teased this at the top of the show. But Mattel has announced they will be rebooting Barney and Friends. And that means Barney the Purple Dinosaur. They have shown off their new Barney. And I am not a fan. It is going to launch a new television series. And it's... Yeah. Um, oh, aren't they making a movie? Anyway, it's going to be get a new film, new TV, and it says, quote, comprehensive revitalization, unquote. So movies, TV shows, YouTube, music, toys, clothing. Um, I do not like this new CJ Barney. They did give him his signature gap tooth, though. And uh, Mattel also said that quote-unquote classic Barney uh, apparel and accessories will be in the works for adult fans. Look, I don't give a fuck about Barney. Let's, let's be realistic here, right? I don't want merch, but I don't like how this looks. If kids like it, whatever. I don't care. Let them enjoy bullshit like this. I think it was fine if it was still just a dude in a costume, I think that would have been fine. Um, I I like moving to the future, right? I am I am into that. I don't like though where everything is created on a computer, and I I know a lot of things are headed that way, and people would be totally happy if just everything was done in the computer, and real people didn't have to do anything anymore, right? But I. I don't know how I feel about this. Mattel said that, quote, it will feature the ubiquitous purple dinosaur and friends introducing new audiences to the world of Barney through music-filled adventures centered on love, community, and encouragement. In creating the new series, it was important to us that we properly reflect the world that kids today live in so that the series can deliver meaningful lessons about navigating it, unquote. Um, that was from Fred Suley, vice Senior Vice President and General Manager of Mattel Television. He also followed up with, quote, With our modern take on Barney, we hope to inspire the next generation to listen, care, and dream big. We think the parents, many of whom will fondly remember the original Barney from their own childhoods, will love this show too. Unquote. I, I just, I don't know if that will come across the same coming from a computer-generated dinosaur on the screen that looks ridiculous you thought barney looked ridiculous as a dude in a costume and this is coming from a dude who dressed as barney for halloween one year it's gonna be even weirder coming from like it, then then barney's just the same as 
everyone else, if you ask me. At at that point, at that point, it it it's he's no different than everyone else. It it he needs to be different, and that is the Barney that is a dude in a costume. That's like I'm gonna reserve final judgment until I see like the other people in in their CG form, like. Was it his little sister and little brother? I, I don't remember the names or the situations. I just remember the green and the yellow dinosaurs. So, and Barney's allegedly a T-Rex. I think. I don't know. But what? look, Mattel, don't do this. I mean, I know you're going to. But like a lot of millennials and their kids are gonna be hurt by it as long as they don't do it to lamb chop i i think i think i'll be okay right because i loved lamb chop too and if they turn lamb chop into a cgi character what's next the muppets like can we leave puppets and people in costumes alone jesus man i i can't think of other other characters I watched as a kid that were dudes in outfits or names of children's shows, to be honest. Um, you, you know what can you you know what can benefit from a CGI thing? Franklin the Turtle or or Little Bear. Um, those shows. Turn those into CGI for, for kids. I'll accept that. Just not a dude in a costume. Cause like that's the whole appeal. A kid can hug Barney then, right? But now you're going to make a new dude in a costume, but it's going to look like that and not like Barney. Anyway, that's my ridiculous rant on 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 Barney of all things. Look 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 at what I've been reduced to here, friends, fans. Ranting about Barney. Let's let's not ever do this again, shall we? Anyway, let, let's let's head on over to Hollywood and see what's going on over there. Um, oh, before I forget, Star Trek Picard Season 3 starts tomorrow. We will talk about it next week with the return of the Next Generation cast. Well, I'm not going to be talking with them, but I'm, that, that's why it's a big... Any, anyway, Hollywood. On to Hollywood. So what's going on in Hollywood, right? What what's going on? Bob, Bob Iger, who recently took back over Disney, has uh, informed the world. Uh, he was speaking to CNBC's David Faber, and was happened to be talking about Marvel chairman and former CEO Ike Perlmutter, um, who has been kind of supporting Nelson Peltz in a attempted takeover of the Walt Disney Company. Um, and essentially talked about how he saved Kevin Feige's job, actually. So Bob Iger said, quote, well, I think that's a curious dynamic that I think you know. Our filings indicate that both, oh, whoa, 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 sorry, let me stop right there. That's all about Perlmutter and Peltz. Uh, Perlmutter, of course, was kind of pushed out. Um, but here, here we go. Quote, and in 2015, he was intent on firing Kevin Feige, who was running Marvel Studios. 
and I thought that was a mistake, and stepped in to prevent that from happening. I think Kevin is an incredibly, incredibly talented executive that you know the Marvel track record speaks for itself. And so I moved the movie-making operation of Marvel out from under Ike and into the studio under Alan Horn. Unquote. So, obviously that eventually led to Ike Perlmutter kind of uh, not really doing anything with Marvel Studios or Marvel Productions. That's when kind of Marvel TV stuff kind of ended and kind of rebooted when we got more MCU shows. Um, Ike Perlmutter, of course, I think he still runs Marvel, like Marvel Publishing, like the comics and stuff. Um, But it's interesting that they tried to push Feige out in 2015 in the middle, in the middle of the MCU. God, where, where... Where would Disney, the MCU, and Marvel be today if if they had done that? That would have been very interesting. Um, And and following along those lines, Kevin Feige has actually been opening up a a lot. Um, Oh, I forgot. I knew I forgot something. There was a TV story, but we'll... we'll, um, That kind of connects to the MCU, actually. So, Kevin Feige has opened up about quite a few things. Um... The first of which being that, uh, where is it, where'd it go, that there's too much of MCU shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, he was speaking with Entertainment Weekly and he said, quote, I do think one of the powerful aspects of being at Marvel Studios is having these films and shows hit the zeitgeist. It is harder to hit the zeitgeist when there's so much product out there and so much content, as they say, which is a word that I hate laughs but we want marvel studios and the mcu projects to really stand out and stand above so people will see that as we get further into phase five and six the pace at which we're putting out the disney plus shows will change so they can each get a chance to shine unquote um he also talked about you know i guess getting back into an episodic nature in regards to the shows uh kind of focusing on characters not so much like a a a big Yes, big production, but not huge production connected in every which way. Um, he talked about there's the future for the Moon Knight in the MCU still. Um, and then, But he did go on to talk about some of the movies as well. Uh, so in that same interview, he talked about Fantastic Four, saying, quote, There's certainly been versions of it on screen, but never inhabiting the storytelling of the MCU. And that's something that is really exciting for us. People will start to hear more about that soon. We plan on that being a big pillar of the MCU going forward, just the way they've been in the comics for 50 or 60 years. Uh, Fantastic Four is the foundation for everything that came after in the comics, unquote. So, clearly he knows people want to make sure that a good Fantastic Four movie comes out of Marvel Studios. Um, he also confirmed that Deadpool will, Deadpool 3, I should say, will be the first rated R MCU film. And, uh, he even spoke about the next Spider-Man film. He said, quote, all I will say is that we have the story. We have the big ideas for that. And our writers are just putting pen to paper now, unquote. So it looks like we will be getting a fourth Spider-Man film with Tom Holland uh, but it looks like that probably won't be out until at least 25 at the earliest at this rate. Um, didn't really say much about the X-Men or anything like that. But what's funny 
is Patrick Stewart was being interviewed, obviously because Star Trek Picard Season 3 is coming out. But, uh, but again, Entertainment Weekly, uh, he was being interviewed. He said, quote, um, I can't say about what Charles' future might possibly hold, uh, unquote. Uh, actually, it went very well. He did say something like, hey, I would have done this. Yes, that's true. But we're not done. Sir Ian and myself, we've got where we got plans, unquote. Um, there were rumors that he may have met with Kevin Feige in regards to Deadpool 3. Um, but if, if we get to have both of them back for Deadpool 3, uh, Ian McKellen as Magneto and Sir Patrick as, as, um, as Charles Xavier... I'm perfectly fine with it because it takes place before Logan, so we'll, we'll we'll be all set. I am perfectly okay with that happening. Um, and sticking with the Marvel here a bit, so we actually found out John Leguizamo was on uh, who was he talking to? Um, Comicbook.com, and he actually talked about how he was actually cast as the Vulture in Spider-Man. Um, what was the first one? Homecoming. So he said, quote, I was supposed to be the vulture. We had negotiated and I was about to play him and they said that Michael Keaton wanted it back and they asked me if I would give it up. I said, well, okay, I guess. They said, no, we'll work with you again. We're gonna. That's what happened there. Uh, they offered me something tiny. I went, nuh-uh, unquote. So, look, would John Leguizamo have been a better vulture? I, I don't know. I like John Leg Leguizamo as an actor. I hope they do bring him into the MCU in some way then. Um, but I, let's be honest, every, everyone loved Michael Keaton as the Vulture, and, and it, it was a great part and a great character. Um, in another universe out there somewhere, John Leguizamo is the Vulture. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think Michael Keaton killed it. Um, obviously, he's back as Batman too, so there, there's definitely potential for Leguizamo to, to come in and play a new character. Um, this weekend at the box office, it was a, a slow weekend, but Magic Mike Last Dance actually took the weekend, you know, with, with the Super Bowl, I, not a lot of people were probably going to the movies on, on Sunday, uh, followed by Avatar The Way of Water, and the, the Titanic re-release took third place this weekend, yes, Titanic was back in theaters for its 25th anniversary. Um, more drama surrounding the Batgirl film. Uh, Leslie Grace, the star who was set to play Batgirl, now says that the unreleasable, what Peter Safran called unreleasable, says, quote, I got to see the film as far as it got to. The film wasn't complete by the time that it was tested. There were a bunch of scenes that weren't even in there. They were at the beginning of the editing process, and they were cut off because of everything going on at the company. But the film that I got to see, the scenes that were there, was incredible. There was definitely potential for a good film, in my opinion. Maybe we'll get to see clips of it later on, unquote. Obviously, um, obviously it, it, it seems like what she liked, what she saw was good. Obviously, she's going to hype herself up, right? She wants to keep working as Batgirl, keep getting stuff. But, but we don't know what the finished product would have looked like. And I know Michael Keaton was supposed to be back. As, as as Batman again, I, we all know that J.K. Simmons was back 
as as Commissioner Gordon, which I hope they keep keep him around if anything. And maybe she was good as Batgirl, so maybe they'll work something out and bring her into the, the, the new DCU. Who knows? But as of right now, we don't know the truth about that movie or we'll prob and we'll probably never will or see it the light of day. Um We've learned that John Wick Chapter 4 will be the longest film in the series at almost three hours long. Two hours and 49 minutes. Ten minutes shy of three hours. Hell yeah, I'm all in for John Wick. Uh, we also got our first look at Lady Gaga in her role in Joker Part 2, Folea Du, or whatever the hell they're fucking calling it. I don't know. Um... Heavily rumored, of course, to be playing Harley Quinn. Her character seems to have the same bleached white hair. Um, but it, there, there's not much. It's literally them just face-to-face -face with Arthur Fleck, uh, Joaquin's Joker, still having his face paint on and looking like uh, he's been through the ringer. So we'll see what happens with that film. I still don't understand why we're getting a second one. Uh, movie. I, I, I don't think I've gone back and watched it again. It, it, it's a very, it's not really a, a movie that you can watch twice coming away happy from. Um, that's for sure. We've also learned that, so James Gunn has come out and said that Zack Snyder has essentially expressed his support is what is what it's being called. Um, so obviously there's a lot of things going on in the fandom. Uh, James Gunn posted a Twitter of Swamp Thing and people responded with quote, the hashtag sell the Snyderverse to Netflix. That's never happening. Let's, let's be realistic. Um, James Gunn did say, quote, I have to say this has got to be the wackiest hashtag ever since one Netflix hasn't expressed any such interest although we've discussed other stuff. And two, Zach hasn't expressed any interest and seems to be happy doing what he's doing. And yes, we too have talked, unquote. Uh, he followed up with a, a follow-up saying, quote, he contacted me to express his support about my choices. He's a great guy. Again, he seems really happy with the massive world building he's doing now, unquote. And that's in reference to what he's doing with like, Whatever that, I can't think of that movie, the zombie, name of the zombie movie um, that he did with Bautista set in Vegas, which I actually enjoyed that movie. Um, and then, of course, he's working on his, what he calls his Star Wars for Netflix with like the moon and stuff. Um, so he's doing his own thing. And I don't, I don't think he has time to go back to the Snyderverse in all honesty. And, and that's okay because the Flash is full of the Snyderverse, as we'll get to in a minute. Um, and then before we talk about all the Super Bowl trailers, Universal has announced that they have greenlit a live action version of How to Train Your Dragon set for March 2025. Uh, the director of all three of the DreamWorks animated films is returning to write and direct the live action film, um... That actually sounds really cool. And seeing like those dragons and Toothless and stuff in a live action environment will actually probably give Game of Thrones a run for their money when it comes to their dragons. So, 
color me intrigued. I have I haven't watched the uh, the main movies, but I think they're on Netflix. I I'll get around to it at, at some point. Um, but of course, the Super Bowl was this weekend, and with the Super Bowl means a lot of commercials and a lot of movie trailers. Uh, unfortunately. Some of the big game spots were disappointing, especially the Transformers one. And even the Little Mermaid one. Like, yeah, we got Ursula's eyes, right? And the 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 Transformers one barely showed off any Transformers. Like, what the hell, man? That wasn't cool. I want some more Maximals. But some of the big ones actually came out before the game and some were released last week. Uh, starting with the Fast X trailer, which shows... Which shows us Brie Larson in action in the film, uh, as well as um, uh, uh, Jason Momoa's new villain character, who seems to be connected to the main bad guy from Fast Five. Uh, in, in the trailer, it shows him like in the hole in the wall where they pulled the safe out in Fast Five in Brazil. But they're also fully embracing the absurdity, and I am all here for it. Dom literally pulls two helicopters together <laughs> with, with his charger and and I'm just this is ridiculous that is so unrealistic but they they don't care anymore and I love it I really do um I cannot wait for fast x fast 10 whatever you want to call it 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 looks like so much fun I cannot wait I love all the fast and furious movies except for Tokyo Drift that movie's not good uh, then we got the guard, a new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy. We definitely got to see more of Young Groot, uh, Young Groot, Young Rocket, I should say. We got to see a lot of the High Evolutionary, and then we definitely got to see a lot of Adam Warlock. Um, so I am very excited to see this movie. It was they did a little funny joke about like Peter and Nebula too. Um, that you definitely have to watch the trailer for or the movie when it comes out. Um, and then the Super Mario Brothers put out a, a nice, fun little commercial where it was almost as if it's like a commercial for their plumbing business in New York. And it actually uses a song from the old Super Mario Brothers cartoon that was on in like the 80s. Um, there's a real website and a real phone number you can call for its promotional for the movie. Um, and it like it's a cool little ad. It's like at Super Mario Brothers Plumbing, we don't say let's await, we say let's a go. And uh, <laughs> it it's funny. I don't know how to how I feel about it completely. It's a it's definitely set in real life New York, um, at least real New York in in the movie because um, it shows a map and it shows them in in Queens and Brooklyn and stuff. But that we're just two months out from the movie, so. We'll see. Um, and then, of course, the Flash trailer dropped a three-minute trailer. It features Ben Affleck Batman in, in in a gray and blue Batman suit, of all things. Uh, it shows off General Zod. Yes, General Zod is back. Um, and Michael Shannon is back to play Zod uh, in a world, essentially, without a Superman. Uh, we get a lot of Sasha Kaye's Supergirl uh, in action. And the meat and potatoes of this trailer is Michael Keaton back as 
Batman. Yes, we knew it was happening. I'm happy all the rumors that were coming out like, oh, he got cut. Like, no, they're making him out to be like the second star. Um, They showed off the 89 Batmobile. We get to see Keaton's Batman in like CGI fights, which is fucking great. Because that's one thing he didn't really get to do back then because it was hard to move in the suit. But he does some awesome Batman moves, which we know and love. And we also get to see the two Barrys in action. So there's two Barry Allens, right? He, It is a, essentially a version of Flashpoint. Um, it sucks that, that Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers had a fight because it would have been great to have Cyborg in this movie. But this movie is firmly in the Snyderverse because they are drawing heavily from Man of Steel, uh, especially with Zod and the Kryptonians and their designs and everything like that. So... Yes, the Snyderverse is is officially coming to an end with the Flash, but it's going to go out with a motherfucking bang, if you ask me. I am all here for it. Um, But that is it for Nick's Nerd News this week. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, Next week, we will have Picard Season 3 first episode review. Uh, I am expecting to go to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania this weekend. It's really interesting what's going on with that movie. First reactions were good, but now it's actually one of the first, the second, it's the second Marvel movie to have a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm kind of confused at what happened there. A lot of people are calling it like a Star, a Star Wars movie too, so that's, that's weird. Um, I hope to see that this weekend. More than likely will be seeing it this weekend, I should just clarify. Um, so we should have a review of Ant-Man and the Lost next week. And then also be able to talk about Hogwarts Legacy next week as well. Um, make sure you stay, stay tuned for that. Uh, as always, uh, check out nixnernews.com so you guys can see all post updates. Find the links to the show's page on all podcast platforms. We're on Spotify, our iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. Like, there's, there's no place you can't find us, right? So you guys can listen, subscribe, listen on the go, listen in your browser, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, don't forget to follow our social medias. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Just search Nixner News. Uh, also, all the TikToks I post are going to be on my personal The Nick DeFalco TikTok page. Um, so just be aware. I'm not, I'm not making a separate TikTok just because it's TikTok. It's a pain in the ass to begin with. But uh, that is it for this week's Nerd News. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. I will catch you on the flip side.